Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Come in to a football Friday on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Got to help me out with that music, Zubin, because I have no idea what I'm jamming to. <laughs> Who sings that, Zubin? Who sings that? This is Led Zeppelin. You wanted uh, Led Zeppelin. You got it. What you called me yesterday the on the reason, phone call, Key? What you called me? Ze- but the reason I just asked you that, because I felt like that that was Led Zeppelin. I just felt like it. I'm sitting here. I just felt like it, and I thought that you would have the correct answer, and you did. Indeed. Did, did you tell everybody on the phone call yesterday that you said it was Zed Leplin? Say, so who's this guy, Zed Leplin? Hey, same thing, man, as I've always said. Zeb Leplin, Lev Zeppelin, Zeppelin. And even I'll take a step even further. You know who the monkeys are? Sure. The old band in the 60s? Same thing as the Beatles to me. Haircuts, skinny ties, and white shirts. Oh. Bad suits, skinny ties, and bad haircuts. It's I'm so just bad. saying. It's to so me, bad. same thing. I don't. I can tell you one thing. The Monkees had a TV show. The Beatles didn't. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's geez. fair to say. Hey, hey, we're the Monkees. Hey, hey, let's talk hey, a little hey, bit about the, the NFL. All right, so, fellas, you heard Max Kellerman there uh, just a minute ago, right? We know what Colt McCoy, can he be the real McCoy? He was against Seattle if they need him to be. But, Key, you brought this up yesterday. It's not just an injury to Daniel Jones. It's injuries. He's dealing with the hamstring, which has hamstrung the Giants. He's also now got a left ankle injury. Jay, you know that, of course, is our resident Giant fan. But here's the more interesting story. And, Jay, I want to get your perspective on this. You know, there was a time where the Browns, you'd never see them on Monday night football. You'd really never see them on Sunday night football because obviously they haven't been a factor. This has been a little bit of a different season. But here we are. You're going to see Cleveland twice in six days, the Monday night stage, that loss to the Ravens, and then Sunday night against the Giants. And I know the Giants are trying to scratch and claw and get back into the division race. And Jay, you're a Giant fan. But you honestly believe this game even though the Browns are sitting comfortably in the wild card spot, you really believe this game is a bigger deal for Cleveland on Sunday night? I do. I still think they have a chance to win the division. Uh, the chances aren't high. I don't see the Steelers dropping the game to the Bengals. I don't think the Steelers are going to drop three games in a row. But I still think this game is important. The, the worst thing I, I want to see is the Browns, after that incredible performance against the Ravens, then come out against a team that Jason Garrett, their OC, on the COVID list. James Bradbury on the COVID list. Daniel Jones hurt, kind of injured, still with that hamstring. Who knows if he's going to play or be mobile in the pocket after being sacked six times against the Cardinals and them dropping that game. Even if Colt McCoy is playing, I think the Browns have to continue to trend towards their ceiling, which is a team that can compete against the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills to win the AFC. I'm, I'm putting the Browns in that category. If Baker Mayfield can continue to show the improvement that he's shown over the last couple of weeks, he's been playing like the first pick in the draft compared to their running game with the way Nick Chubb is playing, Kareem Hunt being used as a versatility knife. Um, it's just they have all the pieces. You just don't want to. There's a part of me that's still waiting for the Browns to brown it. And like a chance for them to brown it is against the Giants who are depleted. I don't want to see that happen to the Browns. And I'm a Giants fan. I want to see the Giants win, but I think the Browns can accomplish more. Yeah, I think the Brown Browning thing is out now. It's over with. You, you, no I one, hope so. The, the Cleveland Brown fans don't have to worry about the Browns becoming the Browns of old anymore. Kevin Zafanski and Andrew Berry, the general manager, on a different trajectory with this team. They're on a different train now. That train with Freddie Kitchens is gone. Hugh Jackson, gone. Uh, uh, Chris Palmer, gone. All, all, they, they don't have to worry. I can tell you firsthand and just seeing it with my own eyes, they don't have to worry about 
the way things have ended in the past. You look at the Monday night game against the uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens. They certainly showed that they can come back from behind double digits down and make it a game. Something you didn't see in the past. I don't see a let up. The Browns are beating teams that they should beat. Many years ago, they were losing to teams that they should beat. And this this New York Giant team, and I get it, I, I picked them to, to possibly make it to the playoffs at 1-7, and seven, and they had a great run, and it was cute, and it was fun to watch, and it was great for me and Zubin to go back and forth <laughs> and talk about it. But in the end, the Cleveland Browns are a much better football team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, they got some issues that they need to tie up. Miles Garrett needs to start to come to the party as they get ready to go into playoff contention. Then they become a full team, but I think they have enough on the offensive side of the ball and just enough on defense to get past the Giants and Colt McCoy or a, uh, a injured Daniel Jones. I, I don't see any other. I don't see any. I don't even see any way that they're going to sneak up on the Browns like they did the Seattle Seahawks. I just don't see it happening. And we're asking this morning on the Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin Nation, who Sunday night is more important to? I mean, this is a big, big spot. The Browns or the Giants for various different reasons. Seventy-one percent of you are with J. Will. It's the Browns at Lee Dex 66 just hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed and said Browns need to stay hot and confident going into the playoffs cannot have a letdown against a team like the Giants if they lose believe playoff hopes will start to fade away and key this is a point that you brought up which is interesting because there's clinching that 10 win season for the first time since 07 trying to snap the NFL's longest playoff drought though I should mention even if the Browns win on Sunday night and they get 10 wins it would still not clinch a playoff spot there are five teams that can clinch a postseason berth this weekend with the win but the Browns are not among them but there is something to be said if you're gonna bust out and do it in a big way Don't do it at 1 o'clock on CBS or Fox with 13% of the country watching. Do it with 100% on a Sunday night and say, we are for real. And I think that's major for them. I think it's major for the city. And I joked about it yesterday and said that they've been trying to get a 10 wins for the last four or five weeks. They've really been thinking about these 10 wins. And I was corrected by my... uh, producer to let me know that they haven't been trying to get it for four or five weeks, even though I knew that Um, it's, it's one of those deals where the city of Cleveland and the fan base are so tight right now to get to that 10th win. It's like, as soon as they get the 10, they could just be able to go because they haven't done it. Like you said, since Oh seven. And this is extremely important to the city, the organization. If they don't get that 10th win Sunday night against the giants, it could be crazy riots taking place <laughs> in Cleveland. That's how that's how hard up they are to get a win. And also, I'll say this, Zubin, on, on top of the ten wins, like the, having the Giants and then the Jets, right? Like the one thing that we you, you worry a little bit about the Browns is just will they play down to the level of competition? That's something that any team, especially when you start making moves in the right direction you worry about because you want to remain and sustain that high octane style of play because it sets up for that final game against the Pittsburgh Steelers and I think we, we talked about it we said in order for the Browns to truly arrive now granted they can win in the playoffs but look beating the Ravens and beating the Steelers two teams that have just been in your way for a very long time and I think the Ravens game it came down to the wire a couple of things that happened wrong 
um, they lose that one. But I think the Steelers game is a game that they need to get, especially going into the playoffs. They need to get that one. Jay, they should go three and zero. Jay, they won't. It won't. Here's why it won't be a letdown, and they won't play down to the competition because this is all new to them. They're not bored. Teams that are bored, like Seattle, like a, a, a Kansas City Chief team, like teams that are constantly winning, Pittsburgh, they get bored. It's like, okay, well, da, 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 da. we're trying to get there. So we, we, we don't have the luxury of becoming lackadaisical and bored. It, we can't do that. We're trying to get there. If we're having this conversation six years from now, and Cleveland is consecutively going to playoff games and in the mix, and, and, and then all of a sudden they go up against a New York Jet team or something like that, then we could say they better watch out. But they don't need to watch out for the Giants. They understand the mission, and they understand what the Giants did against the Seahawks because they've never been there before. They don't want to squander this opportunity. Can I just go back to something you said originally, Key? You said that the Freddie Kitchens train has left. Why has that train got to show up at my damn house? Why is he tied, to be a, <laughs> well, he's a tied in coach. As you always say, say to me, Dr. COVID, you say, hey, it's weird in 2020. And Jason Garrett is no longer not. Jason Garrett had to step away for a couple days while he goes through the protocols and all the COVID situations that he is in testing positive. Now they have to certainly give it to Freddie Kitchens and it probably the only guy on the offensive side of the ball that has some familiarity with calling plays. I don't think that the offensive line coach or the receiver coach has had, you know, experience calling plays. And so Freddie Kitchens did win six games as a head coach with the Cleveland Browns. I mean, Thanks for that, that breakdown, Keith. makes you feel I was better. Being I was being sorry. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that in-depth breakdown. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and we should say, for those that aren't familiar, as Keith just said, Freddie Kitchens one year with Cleveland last year, 6-10. and 10. Jason Garrett has COVID, so Kitchens will be out there calling plays against his former team. You think he'll look like a trucker still? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Here's the other thing. If you're, if you're not old enough for this one, he used to be Alabama's starting quarterback. Think about that. Think about how different he looked when he was Alabama's starting quarterback in the early 1990s. The Browns, Kitchen's old team, will be looking for his old quarterback, Baker Mayfield, to get in the zone on Sunday night. Get in the zone brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. On the way, four downs. The four, maybe five, but we're going to go four. Biggest matchups in the NFL this weekend, including the long, perhaps awaited return of a future Hall of Famer. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Maybe five downs or the bonus down. Four downs is brought to you by Geico. Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to geico.com today. Every drive, of course, begins with... First down, Browns at Giants. You know, the interesting thing about this football game is it could be a trap game, but it will not be a trap game. You think about what the Giants went out to Seattle to do. They're sitting at 5-8. and eight. The Browns are 9-4, and four, have a chance for the first time since 2007 to get 10 wins against a banged-up Giants team. I think Baker Mayfield, Freddie, Freddie Kitchen's old coach on the other sideline will motivate him to go out there and show him what he's missing at the quarterback spot. Look. The defensive ends, Miles Garrett, Olivia Vernon, former Giant, actually should be able to pressure Daniel Jones a ton. I think this is an opportunity for the Browns team to continue to grow and to become the complete team that we hope they can be. I'm a Giants fan. I don't think the Giants win this one, especially the way Baker Mayfield has played over the last two games, thrown for 300-plus yards, six touchdowns, and only one INT. Browns win this one. Second down, Seattle at Washington. The Seattle Seahawks taking a long trip to Washington. Look, here's what I would say. Jamal Adams is back in the lineup. Carlos Dunlap, Bobby Wagner and that group, uh, uh, K.J. Wright. They can get after whoever the starting quarterback is going to be for Washington. Is it going to be Alex Smith or is it going to be Dwayne Haskins? They don't have enough on the offensive side of the ball to take advantage of Seattle's defense at all whatsoever. On the flip side of things, Seattle's offensive line has to be very aware of what's going on with Chase Young and that front in Washington. With all that being said, Seattle wins this game. No question about it. Yeah, I got Seattle in this game, but I also want to give a lot of kudos to Washington's defense. Over their last four games, their defense has not conceded more than 17 points, and that's against one of those games is against the Steelers. Chase Young, I've been saying it all this time, got 99 problems, and Chase Young is all of them. Third down. At Cardinals. This is a battle of the the battle of the former Oklahoma transfer quarterbacks. One moves from Alabama, the other moves from Texas A&M. You look at Kyler Murray as well as Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts took care of business against the New Orleans Saints. This game is huge, though, for the Cardinals, especially if they want to stay in playoff contention. I need Kyler Murray to step up to the plate and show me that he can be consistent at throwing the football. We know he can run around, and we know he can dazzle people with his legs. Let's get more consistent with pushing the ball down the field to DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald in the passing game. With that being said, Jalen Hurts could upset them if he could play like he played against the New Orleans Saints. But in that case, I'm taking Arizona with the victory. FPI gives Arizona a 78% chance of winning? 78% chance? I wonder what FPI's numbers were when the Eagles played against the Saints. I would have to say that they were probably skewed the same. I'm going to stay on the bandwagon here with Jalen Hurts. I like when he's under center. I like the momentum and the energy that this team plays with. They seem different. It'll be a duel, but I think Jalen Hurts gets the best of Kyler Murray down the stretch. Fourth down, Bears and Vikings. This one's, a, this one's interesting, as they used to call it, the Monsters of the Midway. And when you think about the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears, a great rivalry for so long in the National Football League, Mitch Trubisky against Kirk Cousins. Who would ever thought that, right? Mitch Trubisky played lights out last week against Houston. Can he duplicate this against the Minnesota Vikings? Can Minnesota get back on track and continue to make a push toward a playoff uh, wild card appearance? FPI says 59%. Keyshawn Johnson says 100%. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm going with the Vikings. Yeah, I'm going with the Vikings with the two key here. I, I really do think the game we saw against the Texans was an aberration for Mitchell Trubisky. Really happy for him, but I, I think it's a rarity that we'll ever see the Chicago Bears defense and offense click at the same time. Plus, the way Kirk Cousins has been playing, playing probably his best of the year with Dalvin Cook. I don't think Dan Bailey misses uh, a lot of field goals. It leaves 13 points on the board. I think the Vikings win this game pretty easily. Bonus down. Chiefs at Saints. This, this is a bonus down. This is an exciting football game. You got Patrick Mahomes against whoever starts at quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. And I think Patrick Mahomes struggled a little bit. He spotted the Miami Dolphins, some interceptions and some points. Last week he came and got them. They win that game. When you look at New Orleans, they're coming off a loss against the Philadelphia Eagles. They're at home. The Kansas City Chiefs know exactly what that building is all about and that magic. Can Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, or Drew Brees do enough to match Patrick Mahomes because we know Kansas City is a high-flying scoring machine. With that being said, nepotism is alive and kicking. I'm taking the New Orleans Saints. (laughs) I take the Saints as well. Look, it doesn't matter if it's Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. I don't think either one of those guys is enough. And even if it is Drew Brees, are we expecting too much from Drew Brees back his first game? I know Diana Rossini said that he looks incredible in the field. But, Key, you know better than anybody. You get hit that first couple of times, uh, things can be different. I I think we should give a little bit of patience towards the Saints. Even though there's a lot to play on the line here, uh, I still have the Kansas City Chiefs win this one. All right. That's fine. That's your choice. (laughs) And we love when the fellows make their choices every Friday, and that is four slash five slash bonus slash whatever you want to call it down. So the guys weighed in on the Chiefs and the Saints, and Jay talked about the return of Drew Brees and our NFL insider Diana Rossini saying earlier this morning she's bullish on when it might happen. She's actually saying a decision could be made as early as today, so we'll obviously keep our eyes on it as we creep closer to Sunday Afternoon. As for the guys sitting behind Breeze at the moment, Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, you've seen Taysom go out there. You've heard how much Peyton loves Jameis Winston. One thing Peyton said on the Huddle and Flow podcast with Jim Trotter and Steve Weish of the NFL Network is that we're not going outside of the building to find Drew's successor. Go. I feel like our next quarterback's in the building. And one of the attractions for Jameis and I understand it was there aren't many places in free agency where you can go to a team and have a pretty good bet that that quarterback like Drew is going to be playing in his last year. You know, that doesn't exist. You go to a team and then, you know, Hey, you're going to look for that opportunity to sometime be a starter. He he's going to have that opportunity. The minute Drew leaves and both he and Taysom know that. Key, now this is a great thing to hear if I'm Jameis Winston because I'm sure, you know, in his ear privately, they're telling him, look, we haven't lost any confidence in you. But when you hear all the public discussion about why has it been Taysom Hill, especially when Drew first got hurt and Jameis came in right away, that's got to be an encouraging thing to hear for a guy that obviously has been the best quarterback on every single team he's ever been on except for this one. Well, he, he, he understands exactly what the issues are right because the coaches are explaining to him they recruited him they they're letting him know this is what we expect from you this is what we're going to do in the future when drew decides to walk away whether it's this year or the next year and you're around you'll have the opportunity to start well so you're going to learn 
from a guy who's going into the Hall of Fame, both probably as a as a uh, uh, the coach in Sean Payton as well as Drew Brees as a quarterback. You're learning from two of the best that have ever done this. And so that is a plus for Jameis Winston. Sometimes you have to be patient. You cannot get caught up in worrying about what others are doing. And I think that that is the key part for Jameis is just sit tight. I know you want to get back on the field, but some things that you need to correct to get better at doing it so when you get back on the field, you won't be removed again. And I think he needs to just kind of be able to, you know, see that. Time is – he has plenty of time. I mean, it's not a situation. Jameis is a better quarterback than Taysom Hill. He is a better quarterback than Taysom Hill. Is he a better all-around athlete or a better fit for what they want to do right now at this moment? Probably not. But over the long haul, I'm betting my money on Jameis Winston, not on Taysom Hill, who's 30 years old. Can't I can't – like I'm not betting on the long term on Taysom Hill, although Taysom Hill's done things and he's 3-1. and one. I just think that Jameis Winston has a bigger future in the National Football League as a starting quarterback, and hopefully it's in New Orleans. Key, I, I so adamantly agree with you on this one. There's nothing wrong sometimes just pressing the pause button and going back to the woodshed and just sharpening the knives. It's like getting in the gym, just learning as much as possible, working on your reps. You know, they always say that on TV or radio, the more reps you do, the more comfortable you become, especially within that scheme that Sean Payton has and the way the Saints play. Knowing that there will be an opportunity available, I I think the biggest thing I like about Jameis Winston, I haven't really heard anything from Jameis Winston. Right, Everybody else is talking about Jameis Winston. I don't hear anything coming from Jameis Winston, which lets me know that he is focused on just doing what he has to do to be prepared for that moment when it happens. And I want to see him win, especially with the way he showed so much talent when he was in Tampa Bay and understanding how Bruce Arians plays and even seeing that relationship between Bruce Arians and Tom Brady now gives you more context or insight to how that was between Jameis Winston and Bruce Arians. It makes me pull for Jameis Winston even more to see him succeed with Sean Payton if he gets the opportunity, if he's being prepared for it when it comes. And and, and look, you, you go through things as players sometimes. And the outside people like myself and you and Zubin and others that are out there, we like to talk about things that we want to see happen, even though we know it's not going to happen because that's just the nature of, of what it is. And so Jameis is in a situation where he goes to a perfect spot, much like Teddy Bridgewater, sits tight, gets an opportunity to play, and on the flip side of things, maybe, just maybe, it's so close that Sean Payton says, I don't want to give Jameis Winston five or six games as our starting quarterback to display out to the world what a difference he is now. So now he walks to get, you know, somebody offers him crazy money and he leaves opposed to, we can get through this with Taysom Hill, who's still under contract, and now we got our guy Jameis that we can bring back next year and allow him to be the starter. I mean, that's how – because if I'm a front office and I'm a coach, I'm thinking like that too. I got two quarterbacks that's close that I can win with one, but I also want to keep the other as well. There's no need for me to put him on display. 
that's a very fair statement. You're thinking about not just the obvious, but what could be in play down the line. Great point from Key. In one minute, why all eyes this weekend on the golf course will be on a tiger and a cub. Not a kitty cat, a real tiger. (laughs) Eldrick Tiger after SportsCenter. Herbert under center. Snap, sneak, dives, waiting for the signal, touchdown, Chargers! Justin Herbert with the one-yard dive. Yeah, man, you were in on Alt 98.7, where they probably often play Led Zeppelin. Chargers win in overtime over the Raiders. Derek Carr got hurt, groin injury. Mariota came in, so he had the All-Oregon game, Mariota and Justin Herbert. By the way... The Chargers division games against Kansas City, Denver, and Las Vegas have all come down to the final play. And for once, the Chargers come out on top in a wild finish. Who will come out on top in the James Harden sweepstakes? The Rockets don't want to move him, but they're probably going to have to. The fellas have said if he doesn't want to be there, they're going to have to do something. Brooklyn and Philadelphia are the front runners at this particular point, but Several teams that might be in the mix are a little bit shy, only because if Harden won't commit long-term, it's a big gamble. The NBA's best insider is going to be here in 15 minutes with the very latest on his reporting, Woj, on Harden's potential next destination. Sunbelt title game scheduled to be played tomorrow between Coastal Carolina and Louisiana, two of the breakout teams in college football this season, is going to be canceled. Coastal Carolina's got a little bit of an outbreak at a position group, they won't be able to go. They're going to be the co-champions of the league, which to me doesn't make sense because Coastal is undefeated. Louisiana has one loss. It came to Coastal. So how can you have them share the championship if one team is better than the other and beat them head-to-head? I don't have time to answer it, but that's apparently the way they're going to go. Sports Center presented by Progressive Insurance, protecting small businesses with specialized coverages for commercial vehicles. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. That's a special sight to see Tiger with his son. The swings, I think I think Tiger would take that from his 11-year-old son, Charlie. So much fun for me to see him just enjoying this and enjoying the game. Uh, that's, that's the whole idea. You know, he's just enjoying hitting shots. It's just so cool for me to see him enjoying the sport. And yet he's let him come out here. He's going to play golf on national TV this weekend for the first time. This is going to be so great. For golf fans to see, mm. you know about Tiger's relationship with his late father, Earl, and now Tiger's relationship with his 11 year old son, Charlie. When to get into what Sage Steele, the sports center anchor there, you heard talking about this weekend with re- regards to a really unique moment in the world of golf. But first, let's hear from the man himself, Charlie, his son, 11 years old, Tiger out on the course with him this weekend. I'll explain the particulars, but first. Tiger just geeking out, not being a golfer, being a dad. We've been talking about having this opportunity to play with, with one another, and uh, it all worked out, and we're here, and <laughs> it's just so exciting to be able to be a, a part of something, you know, my, my son, and, and just have this opportunity like this. You could just hear it in his voice. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Okay, so fellas, they're going to be playing in something this weekend called the PNC Championship. Now, this has actually been around for 25 years, but (laughs) the thing is, uh, it has got a lot of attention because nobody with the uh, notoriety of Tiger Woods and his son has taken part. It's two days. 
It's a 36-hole event. Jay, you're a big golfer, so this is a mm-hmm. scramble if you wanted to know in particular. Hey, man, I for golf the... too. <laughs> yeah, you he... just ride in the carts, Key. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Jeez, whatever, the, uh, whatever the uh, entrance fee is for Shady Canyon, I, can't, I probably won't make that enough <laughs> money in my life, but that Key's paying that out every single year, so Key is the golf guide too. I've got to make sure we get, get that in there as well. So they've been playing this for 25 years, but Tiger and his son scramble two days, 36 holes. And it's just awesome um, because it, it, he's protected his kids for so long. And Key, you had, a, you had a kid that played college football, kind of followed in your footsteps. Zubin, I'm like you right now. I get tears in my eyes when I see something that's just real. And, and, and it's just, I mean, I don't even know where to start. Just watching his son walk the course with him is an amazing sight for me, man. It's just, it's one of those deals where you got an opportunity as a dad to teach your son, the greatest in the world at golf. I don't care about his ranking and all that. Greatest in the world, greatest I've ever seen. The only reason why I even pay attention to golf is because of that man. But to be able to walk along the course and teach your son how to become something. Yes, you, you shield your kids away from the spotlight at a young age. But Tiger's son is, I think, what, 11 now? Yes. So when you're 11 years old, you start to kind of get your own identity to, to and kind of talk about the things that you want to do in life. When you're young and you're three, four, five, six, seven years old, as parents, as successful parents, you want to cover up their face and you don't want people taking pictures of them and people bothering them. You want them to make the decision on their own on whether or not they want to become famous and be in the spotlight in the public. My oldest kid, they didn't want to do those sort of things early on. They wanted to kind of just stay to the side and mind their business and be kids. Where my kids that I have now that are younger, they say to to me and my wife, hey, we want to act. We want to model. We want to play sports. These are the things that we want to do. We want to go on television and radio with dad because it's important to them. So I allow them to do those sort of things. But to just see Tiger Woods with his kid, man, and for anybody to think that he's, you know, exploiting his son or putting him out there for the public to see, that's those conversations are ridiculous. I I look at it as this. And, you know, when you're a guy like Tiger Woods, I don't think your children really have a choice whether they're going to be involved in the notoriety that comes along with your success. That's just how the media is. They'll take pictures. They'll ask questions. I think Tiger Woods has done an incredible job shielding his family thus far. Uh, But it gets to a certain point where you have to teach your kids also how to operate in today's world. And, you know, I also don't want the fear of shielding them to hinder him from enjoying moments like this. It's an incredible moment that you get a chance to play in a little bit of a competition with your son or with any of your your children. Look, I I have a daughter, I have a little boy in the way, Zane, and I hope one day they can achieve dreams by playing professional sports, and that's what they would like to do. But I think to be able to share those moments and also to be able to show him that it's okay if you bogey a hole or if you double bogey or if you triple bogey um, or if you just want to drop the ball and have fun. It's a lot of uh, those teaching lessons that just because everybody else makes it a bigger deal doesn't mean that Tiger and him need to make it a big deal. They can still enjoy a father-son moment, and I think that's special. You need it, to have it's, that. It's, it's, the, the, it's such a great thing, man, to just see 
in 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 you know it's it's one of those deals with you're learning from your dad how to play the game. And I bet you, and I don't know this for a fact, too, but, but I bet you he's better than some of them dudes that's on the course right now. <laughs> Just like, you know, how could you not be? Your father's the greatest golfer probably to ever live by many standards. So how could you not be? I mean, just think about the swag, the swing, like all that to me. I love all that. I Zubin, love I'll say all. one last thing real quick, too. Yeah. Just watching the video the other day, you know, from, from playing a ton of golf, watching the mannerisms, seeing the exact duplicate of mannerisms, the way he dips his shoulder, the way – and his follow through once the ball's out, he holds it just like his father. It, it, it was just it, they were mirroring each other. That's such an incredible thing to see when you think about how good Tiger Woods is, and then to watch the fact that his son has grown up watching Tiger Woods mannerisms every single day, and then mimicking those, and then seeing where that has the opportunity or the chance to lead to, to lead to for his son. It's really cool to watch. Yeah, and then you just. And as he gets older, if he decides he wants to continue to play golf, then he he experienced it at a young age. He likes it. And then if he wants to play as a pro and later on in life, then you take the you 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 take everything off, the rubber bands off, and you let the wings go and you let him fly. And that's what I did with my son. I he wanted if you want to play football, great. You don't have to go to USC. You can go to any school in the country you choose to go to. You don't have to follow in my footsteps. But I'm going to lead you to a point. And then you make the decision on your own. That's a great point. You'll always be a parent, but at a certain point, you can be a fan. A couple of things here real quick. If you're watching this morning on ESPN News, I know the majority of you are listening, of course, on ESPN Radio or on the app or on your smart speaker. But it is notable what Jay said. After the two guys hit tee shots, I mean, he's 11. You would expect him to be jovial. Dad, it's so much fun out here. They are both stone cold walking to the next shot, just like the way Tiger used to be. Jay mentioned it. I absolutely love it. A couple quick points here. Woods is going to have his caddy, Joe LaCava on the bag. Joe's son, Joe LaCava Jr., will be caddying for Tiger's kids. So it's not just a great father-son moment for Tiger. It's a great moment, father-son moment for Tiger's caddy. One last thing I would say, and you have to be old enough to remember this one, and I know a lot of people got into golf, as Key said, because of Tiger Woods. That's you know, the only reason why I watch it. And I don't think you're alone. I think there's a ton of people in that particular category. You remember the two biggest words surrounding Tiger Woods when he first came out. The words weren't actually Tiger Woods. The two biggest words surrounding Tiger Woods when he first came out, and again, you have to be old enough to remember this, was a commercial he did. And the two words that he said that introduced him to everybody in the sports community it was, hello world. He said, hello world. Everybody thought it was very organic at the time. It turned out it was very scripted. And Tiger was around a lot of people that said, listen, I've made a lot of people a lot of money. Go out there, say hello world. Introduce yourself to everybody. You'll be fine. But the bottom line is when you're 44 and divorced, you got a couple kids. Now you got a girlfriend. You don't care what the hangers on and the handlers say. You're just going to be a real dude. I'm not going to say hello world. I'm not going to say whatever you want. I'm going to say whatever I want. And you can see and hear in Tiger's voice that it's not just about scripted things and all that stuff that he used to deal with. Don't say anything off the course. He's speaking from his heart like a real dad. And it's pretty awesome to see again this weekend with his son, Charlie, out there. Awesome stuff. We'll wait to see what happens from, as Key said, the greatest in 
Golf. A reminder, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including the NBA's best insider. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin again presented by Progressive Insurance. What is Woj going to talk about when he joins us next? Well, it's T-minus less than a week. The Rockets opener is Wednesday against Harden's old team, OKC. So who's Harden's new team going to be? Woj with the latest reporting. That is next on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hey, Key. Yo. You know who this is? Monkeys. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> I, look, man, I just say that, look, this is all I'm saying. Is this a band? They all got those little skinny ties and those suits and those bad haircuts. And one had a cartoon and a, a TV show, and the other flew on planes and got the girls. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> same, same thing to me. People might think I'm crazy, but if, you know, you play the music, I'll be like, oh, that's the same to me, basically. So the former key talking about was the Monkees, the latter, the <laughs> Beatles, and the late, great Casey Kasem would certainly say if he was introducing either of those two bands, keep your feet on the ground, keep reaching for the stars, and let's talk about a superstar in the NBA with Woj. He joins us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil performance side. All right, Adrian, here we go. Preseason ends on Saturday. Opener is Tuesday. Rockets opener is Wednesday. (laughs) Only seems (laughs) only seems appropriate. It's against Harden's old team, the Thunder, as we wait to see who his new team is going to be. From the reporting that you have done, what's the latest you can tell us on James Harden? Uh, Hey, guys, uh, I think there's there's more conversation, uh, maybe even a little more traction with more teams here in the last several days and uh, Houston has, you know, they haven't moved. They haven't, they haven't moved past Philadelphia and Brooklyn, his preferred destinations. You know, those are still two teams uh, who I think are going to be engaged in this. Uh, But you're, you're finding more teams I'm told uh, and talking to teams in both the East and the West uh, who want to be involved in this and who I think, especially because Harden has two years left on his contract it's not a one-year rental. You know, are showing a willingness uh, to maybe offer up some assets uh, that might be enough in the end uh, to get James Harden. The one thing that is happening, guys, the, the Rockets are working with James Harden. They're making him aware of the scenarios out there. 
Uh, because I think if teams are going to trade for him, they want to have a sense of how James Harden feels about being there. Woj, one thing you reported was that the Sixers are willing to put Ben Simmons in the deal, but talks haven't gotten anywhere. Um, what are the chances that Harden lands in Philly with or without Simmons? I think it's really hard for Houston to do a deal with the Sixers that doesn't include Ben Simmons. And uh, listen, I think where I think where Philly is, they're very careful about putting him in a deal um, that's not going to get them back more than James Harden. I think if if Ben Simmons was going to be in a deal to Houston, it would perhaps have to be even bigger than just James Harden. I'm not sure that's how Houston looks at this. I think they'd like Ben Simmons plus a bunch more assets. So those two teams aren't close. That doesn't mean they won't re-engage uh, here at some point. Uh, but I think especially Doc Rivers is very hesitant uh, about uh, breaking up that simmons Embiid partnership. Uh, and I think certainly Daryl Morey has qualms about it without getting back even more than James Harden. Remember, you know, you're trading a 31-year-old player for a 24-year-old player, uh, and especially given that Joel Embiid's in his mid-20s, you know, puts you on a, a different trajectory. It really closes your window, limits your window, to maybe how long you have a, a potentially a contender for. Uh, so, you know, they're going to be careful with the Ben Simmons piece there. You know, you saw Daryl Morey come out yesterday and said, you know, we're not trading uh, Ben Simmons. Well, I certainly don't think they're trading Ben Simmons just in a deal that looks like it's straight up with some picks uh, for James Harden. I think they're going to want a lot more than James Harden. Uh, that might not be a deal uh, that's available to the Sixers. And I think for right now, you're going to see them continue with the Embiid-Ben uh, Simmons partnership as Doc Rivers you know, starts his tenure in Philly. Let me, let me ask you this, though, Woj. It, it, what happens to players around the league, East, West, that hear their names potentially floated out there and then they're not traded in the Harden deal? And you look at what happened with the Lakers and, the, and, and what happened with AD and those names being floated and it didn't happen and the Lakers completely collapsed at that point. What happens then? Well, Kate, you, you know what happens, guys, in a locker room. You know, it can become a major problem for a head coach, for his teammates. You know, guys get uneasy when they hear that. And, hey, you know, unless you're one of four or five players in this league, and even then, you're probably going to be involved in trade talks at some point in your career. There's very few players who won't be. And I think if you're on a team that's a contender right now in the NBA, you're not one of the best one or two players, certainly as long as you're not the best player, because you're not trading your best player in a deal like this. You're usually trying to pair them up. But if you're a very good young player on a team, you know, that's a playoff team in the NBA, you're probably in a conversation with Houston about James Harden, just like you might uh, with other great players if they become available. Because what Houston wants uh, besides draft picks and potentially pick swaps, you know, they want your best young player or they want you in a three-way deal to go find a young player uh, that they really like on a third team and get him in this deal and, and give that team assets. So uh, that's going to be the conversation for Harden. And it can and does upset uh, uh, the order of teams, especially as the season is getting going. And that's why teams are so careful 
when they're going to have talks with, with Houston. For example, they're going to say, I need you to ask me for this. Give me some plausible deniability um, so that I can go back to my guys and say, hey, I didn't offer this. They asked me for this, and then we said no. Or the day where you say, okay, yeah, we'll do it, and then you make the trade. But teams are careful uh, in these situations. That is the NBA's best insider. On the way, will the Raiders, Las Vegas style, double down on Derek Carr after his injury? Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.